0: Located in northwestern Arizona, Grand Canyon National Park is the 15th place ever to be named a National Park in the United States. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, Grand Canyon horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video... Be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below just as a quick reminder or for those who may not have heard i have joined the chilling family i want to make sure you take advantage of the free trial if you haven't yet chilling is the new home of horror and an amazing mobile app that allows you to do things that are just not possible on youtube with hundreds of amazing stories that are sorted into curated playlists, or you can create your own. We give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a chilling exclusive feature, our ambient menu. Change the background noise of the story that will fit your mood. It is an absolute game-changer. Of course, this is offered completely and totally ad-free. That's right, no ads, just hours and hours of uninterrupted, horrifying, creepy, and all-around spooky content. We're just getting started, though. Not only are we adding hours of new content every week, but we are soon going to expand into classic novels and audio series. Original video content is also in the works. We are really building something special here. I couldn't be more excited to have the opportunity to be a part of this journey. I hope you can join us. Download now and start your free trial today. Click the link in the description below or simply search Chilling in the App Store. A few years ago, my sister, her best friend, and I went on an extended weekend trip to the Grand Canyon. None of us had ever been before, so we spent the first few days hiking trails and ended up at Yaqui Point, on the south rim to catch the sunset. The mood was awe-filled and hushed, but excited. Of course, we were going full tourist and snapping pics and selfies near the rim. The sunset was glorious, but as soon as the sun slipped under the horizon, the moon shifted. It immediately felt colder. A goose flesh rose on my arms, and I felt an overwhelming urge to get away from the canyon edge, like far away. My sister and her friend were seemingly unaffected still snapping selfies as I started to get anxious. I figured I was just being extra and kept my feelings to myself, until my sister's friend got frustrated after a series of selfie shots were ruined by blurs of dark patches. She chalked it up to just weird lighting and passed the phone to me to take a few more shots. As I looked at the screen to take pics, I saw the blurs and shadows were not stationary. Instead, they moved around on the screen just beyond the canyon rim, then disappearing out of sight entirely. I couldn't really see much of the movement or any change at all in real life and after a few seconds of watching my confused and mildly panicked face, my sister suggested we forget it and head out. As we walked to the parking area, she asked if I was okay. I told her what I had seen and she mentioned feeling weird at the canyon rim as well, but she just ignored it. Asked her friend if she had saved any of the weird pictures, but of course she had not. I wish I had thought to switch her camera function to video so I could re-examine what I saw. I don't know what's out there, but there are some spooky things happening in the Grand Canyon. On June 15th, 2019, my family foolishly hiked the Grand Canyon in one day. We got to the top of the Grand Canyon at approximately 11pm, and we walked into the El Tovar Hotel, where we were staying for the night. As soon as we entered through the front doors, we walked into the lobby, where nobody was, not even at the front desk, which we thought was strange. Suddenly, we heard a little girl say, Mommy, Daddy, and we looked up to the balcony on the second floor where we saw a young girl in a white nightgown run across. I thought it was odd that the little girl was up so late at night, so I told my family to wait here until I went upstairs to check on the girl. When I reached the second floor balcony, I did not see the girl, so I figured she went back to her room with her parents. I went back down the stairs and told my family I could not find her anywhere, since we were so exhausted from hiking for fifteen hours we just decided to go to our room and crash. While we were all sleeping, my wife was awakened by a little girl's voice saying, Mommy, Mommy. She opened her eyes and mistakenly thought it was her daughter, since the room was rather dark. Since then, she proceeded to watch the little girl walk into the bathroom. So, she got up to follow her to see if she needed any help. When she got to the bathroom, there was no one there. My wife was confused about where our daughter went, so she looked back at the bed and saw her fast asleep. She got scared and jumped back into the bed, maybe thinking it was just a dream or a nightmare or something, but as she was laying there, she heard the little girl's voice again saying, Daddy, Daddy. She stayed up for a little while trying to figure out who was speaking, but after a while of silence, she fell back asleep. The next morning at breakfast, we spoke to a staff member about our experience, and that hotel is supposedly haunted. Nothing crazy happened to us at Grand Canyon itself, but the hotel at the Grand Canyon was a whole other story. In 2011, my uncle invited me on a trip with him and my two cousins. We stayed a night in Vegas then rented an RV for a trip through Utah and Arizona. Our destination was the Grand Canyon. We spent a few days driving around to all the tourist destinations such as Equal Point. Our nights were spent in RV parks that were found along the way. On our final leg of the trip, we headed to the Havasupi Indian Reservation. We got some awesome photos and went on a thoroughly interesting tour. Last night, we were driving around looking for an RV park to sleep in. We did not want to rough it on the side of the road because it would be freezing cold and we needed to empty the sewage tank. Unfortunately, our phones were giving us problems due to a poor signal. My uncle was tired of driving and determined we would have to pull over. We took this opportunity to stretch out and gaze. The stars looked beautiful in the night sky. We were in an incredibly rural unpopulated area. There were hardly any other cars or people. As a result, there was absolutely no light pollution, and the stars glowed intensely. On one side of the long dirt road was a steep hill with borders and shrubs. On the other side, the canyon. To our surprise, the dark was broken by high beams coming toward us. A car was casually but slowly cruising down the road. The driver pulled over next to us and got out. From what I could tell, he was a Native American man, and he told us he was a local. His hat nearly covered his eyes, and his beard grew over his mouth. We greeted him respectfully and asked him if he knew of any RV parks. He said we were reasonably far from the tourist areas and that there were none over here. He asked us how we got here, and we told him that we were sort of driving aimlessly in hopes that we would find an RV park. He laughed and started to tell us about the part of the canyon that we were standing next to. He sounded like a tour guide spewing out facts. He offered to take us down an unmarked trail that only locals hiked. He said it was beautiful, had scenic spots. Beguiled by his backstory and knowledge, we agreed to follow him. For whatever reason. He got some hiking gear from his car and urged us to gather some of our own. We climbed into our RV and gathered our stuff. As I put on my boots, I watched him circle our RV through my window. Once we were ready, he led us a quarter mile down the road. We reached his fabled location, and he shined his flashlight off down the edge of the cliff to show us the path. I knew this was not an official trail, but it did not look like a trail at all. We followed him down an incredibly steep bank with tons of loose rocks. He led us around a few turns and through several tight caverns. We found ourselves in a big, flat rock, and we stopped to take some pictures. He led us deeper, and deeper into the canyon. You want to go to the bottom? He asked us. It was dark and we were tired, so we declined. We kept following him for about ten minutes. We saw a few birds eating a small animal along the way. It struck me that we were truly in the untouched wilderness. We were uncomfortably close to the edge of the cliff many times. My uncle grew a bit uneasy and asked him to lead us back. He agreed and told us that he knew of a shortcut back up to where we came from. He told us to wait there and disappeared out of sight. We were all a bit nervous at this point because we had no idea where we were. We waited about ten minutes or so, taking more photos to pass the time. Eventually, my uncle walked off in the direction the man left. My cousins and I were afraid to be alone. We trailed him tensely. He came back and told us he did not see the man. We waited another ten minutes before giving up. He's not coming back, my uncle told us. I began to wonder what could have happened to him. Did he fall? Did he get lost? Did he ditch us? I could not understand why he left us there. He seemed so friendly, and we were oddly eager to trust him. We started to hide back from whence we came. The problem was nobody really remembered where we came from. The terrain was incredibly unsafe and we realized that we could not navigate it on our own. My uncle called out a few times, but the only response was his echo. We found ourselves testing ridges that we were certain we had not come across before. Foot placement was key, as many rocks were wobbly. Just my little cousin started to cry. We had to hold on to their jackets. It felt like we were lost in a labyrinth. My uncle remarked over and over that he knew it was a bad idea, but it was way too late now. Hindsight is always 20 Since this was not a real trail... There were no markings to help us. The only source of light came from our flashlights. I tried not to look over the edge because I had a small fear of heights and we were incredibly high up. I did not want to be in the back of the pack but I did not really want to lead it either. I just wanted to be back in the RV. Our anxiety was building as the moon sank. To keep the spirits up, we joked that we could survive a night in the canyon since my cousin was an Eagle Scout. However, we were merely trying to take our minds off the situation. Finally, after what felt like forever, we found ourselves on that same big flat rock. We recognized the series of caverns we crossed through and climbed back out. It was a relief when we got back on the dirt road. We walked towards our RV, looking for the man as we staggered on. We came upon our RV, but the man's car was gone. He left us. We quickly put the pieces together. We were angry and felt incredibly foolish. As I got closer to our RV, I noticed that the door was creaked open. I remember locking it when we left. Immediately, tears built up in my eyes. I was not sure if the adrenaline had gotten the best of me or if I truly had a reason to be afraid. Hold on, my uncle said as we swung open the door. My cousins and I were too afraid to go inside, but we were not particularly content about being outside either. My uncle took a few steps into the RV and blurted out, Guys, we've been robbed. We piled into the RV and froze. None of us wanted to venture too deep in. I began thinking all of the stuff that I had stored in there. Our suitcases were thrown on the floor, clothing was scattered, my iPad was gone, my uncle's wallet was gone, my cousin's jewelry was gone, and my other cousin's phone was gone, amongst other things. I felt so violated. We were all so silent for quite a bit, and none of us really slept. My uncle started the RV and we drove off looking for civilization. Fortunately for us, we had enough gas to make it to the RV rental place. We phoned the police, and they filled out a report, but nothing ever came of it. My word of advice, if someone asks you to go down to the bottom of the canyon, always say no. To start this story off, I am a male and I was somewhere around 9, maybe even 10 years old when this happened. My family and I were in the middle of a great family road trip in the American Southwest. While we were driving through Colorado, we all needed to go to the bathroom and stretch our legs, so we decided to stop at the nearest gas station. We had just visited the Grand Canyon, so this tiny gas station we stopped at shortly afterwards was pretty much in the middle of nowhere. At this point, Neither of my parents nor my two brothers were in any hurry to get back into the car for another day of driving through the desert. So after we had done our business, my parents stayed inside the gas station to look at food and enjoy the free air conditioning, leaving my brothers and I to walk around the parking lot and stretch our legs. As I said before, this gas station was in the middle of nowhere just outside the Grand Canyon, so I had assumed that we were the only ones there. But boy... Was that assumption dead wrong? I came to discover we were not alone after wandering away from the storefront to the side of the building, where I saw a blue sedan parked but still running in the farthest spot away from me. I gave it a passing glance and didn't think too much of it, just assuming the car was owned by a tourist like myself. I kicked rocks against the wall of the building for a little bit, not trying to pay attention to the car at all until I eventually heard the sound of feet running towards me. I looked up to see this crazy, wild-haired man, who sort of looked like Andrew W.K., making an absolute beeline from the car to me, all while making eye contact with me the entire time. I'll never forget the wild look in his eyes, or the way his stare caused me to completely freeze up and grip the wall of the building as if it could help me or something. It was like my world had flipped upside down, and I was at risk of falling off. I was only a little kid at the time, and I honestly didn't really understand what was going on, but I knew this man could hurt me, and he was coming right at me. I experienced a weird sensation where everything happened so fast, but at the same time I felt as though everything was moving at half speed. As I stood there frozen to the wall of the gas station, the wild-eyed man took what seemed like an eternity to finally reach me. As soon as he was within reaching distance from me, my heart beat quickened as I braced myself for whatever was about to happen. It was the climax of that moment when I realized I felt the hand grab my shoulder from behind, breaking me out of my trance. It was my brother, grabbing me from behind to tell me that our parents were done browsing the snacks at the gas station, and that we were about to pack the car up and leave. It was at that moment when my brother rounded the corner that caused the man to change his route at the last moment and run right past us. The man ran a quick lap around the parking lot and then hauled his ass back to the car that he left running and peeled out of there like a bat out of hell. It seemed as if no one in my family, not even my brother who had grabbed me, had noticed the man or the car at all. As his blue sedan drove into the desert, I shrugged it off and piled back into the minivan and we went on our way as if nothing happened. I was so young that I didn't even really mention it to my family. But all these years later, as I reflect on it, it makes me kind of freaked out and very happy that my brother was there last minute. I don't know what's happening at the Grand Canyon. I know I hear a lot of stories about supernatural and monster stories. But definitely watch out for those human traffickers and pedophiles out there. My dad is full-blooded Navajo from Northern Arizona. My mom is white. I grew up in Southern California, but grew up going to the reservation every year and eventually moved and worked out there. I'm not a skimwalker expert by any means, but I'll share what I know. The first experience I had was on one of my first solo trips without my parents out to the ranch on the reservation. I went with my cousins and a few friends. Our ranch is pretty much in the middle of nowhere, not too terribly far from the Grand Canyon. The nearest people are probably the Grand Canyon rangers themselves, and that's about 10 miles away, so you're pretty much on your own. Our first night out there, we arrived around 2am, and there was no moon, and it was pitch black, so we had a hard time finding our Hogan. We decided to just camp near a cattle corral, which we had found, we set up tents and knocked out until the sun came up. When I woke up, I took a little walk around our campsite and found coyote tracks which circled our entire camp and actually got pretty close to the tents themselves and our campfire, which is pretty weird and a bad sign for several reasons. The rest of the day went by without much of an incident. We woke up, cooked a pretty good breakfast, explored the north rim of the Grand Canyon on the reservation side and checked out all the old Hogans in the area. We stayed up particularly late that night. We had been out exploring most of the night and four-wheeling on some of the off-road trails. It was around two or three, give or take. We were driving up a rocky road that went up a small canyon, so there were hillsides pretty high and steep on both sides of me. I was standing in the back of the truck with a spotlight. That was when I first saw the light. The best way to describe what I saw was the visual effect of when you're standing in a room and someone behind you takes a picture with a flash. There was a brief instant in which everything lit up behind me, but it was a dull orange-reddish light. I turned around towards where it came from and shined the light all around, but there was nothing, nothing whatsoever, just a bunch of rocks. We thought this was weird but kept on driving. Once on top of the hill... We stopped to look around and noticed the weird light again. But this time it was far away, at least several miles away. It was the same color, but it looked like muzzle flashes from a gun. I waited and waited to hear the gunshot, thinking it was people like us shooting at night, but it never came. Then we saw another flash, but this time it was several miles to the west and a little bit closer. Then another, and another closer and closer, all within a few minutes' time. We decided this was a little weird and without talking about it, turned around and went to the Hogan. We didn't really talk about the lights for some reason, and we all settled down in the Hogan. There was myself, my cousin, and my two white friends. There was myself, my cousin, and my two friends who were not from the reservation. We talked for a while, And it was at that moment, when everyone stops talking, and everyone is just about to fall asleep, when it happened. The door. There's only one door, a small wooden door which locks shut, shook violently, as if someone kicked the door as hard as they could. It was loud and strong enough to where you could hear the lock rattle and the door bounce back and rattle against the wooden frame. My friend shot up in bed and said, what the hell was that? They had reason to be alarmed. We were very far away from anyone else, and we all knew that. It's extremely quiet out there, pretty much a deafening silence, and you can hear when vehicles are approaching from far, far away. I got out of bed, grabbed a shotgun, and told my cousin to get his rifle. I walked to the door, motioned for him to come over, and said, You go left, I'll go right. I'm not really sure why, but I wasn't scared despite the obvious weirdness going on. I ripped the door open and we both slipped out the door, one after another, and swept the area. We looked everywhere, up, down, left, right, and went to the truck and got the spotlight and swept the area too. Nothing. No footprints, no animals, just nothing. As if nothing had ever been there. We decided to send a message and shot some rounds off to scare whatever it was. I think we were all kind of just worried and overly skeptical but eventually we went back into the Hogan and settled back in, kind of joking about it to calm our nerves. Eventually they all fell asleep, but I hid my nervousness and my heart was still racing. It wasn't until everyone was asleep and quiet that I noticed the thumping. I heard it very faintly through the rock walls, and when I put my ear to the wall, I heard it a lot better. It was a rhythmic sound, something very heavy, and timed the same every single thump. It sounded as if it was coming through the rock table that the Hogan sits on top of. I tried to rationalize it and told myself it was just the cows and somehow managed to fall asleep. I woke up the next morning and went to check on the cows, which were about 10 miles away on the ranch and hadn't been anywhere near the Hogan that night. Several days later, I told my aunts about what happened. They told me, that one of the Navajo grandmas who lived there alone in the middle of nowhere had a weird thing happen that same night. The same night we had our door kicked, someone had knocked on her door in the middle of the night. When she opened the door, there was no one there. My aunts think it was a skimwalker who was messing with me and my friends. I also have had some weird encounters around that area as well working as an EMT that maybe I'll share. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Grand Canyon horror stories. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's truly helpful to the channel. If you're new to the channel, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give us a 5-star rating, as that truly helps us grow over there, and it's very, very appreciated. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's from a national park or just the great outdoors in general, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the Swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but want to still listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free to do so, and always will be. I'd love to know, what story was your favorite tonight in the comments down below? I'd love to start a great conversation with you all. If you guys would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, and subscribing, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and tons of other cool accessories over there based off the creatures we encounter in these stories. I'd love to see you guys in some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other social medias, you can find those in the description. And I'll see you guys soon, with another creepy video.